ladies and gentlemen, we are a day late FRPC hoops. We are live on the air. It's your boy, Vince. I'm alone. Solo mission today. Two reasons. One, migraine somehow, some way, contracted pink eye. I don't know how that worked out, but we got that going on. The Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and the Canadian Zach Lowe are also not here today under the weather. Get well soon, my guy. So I got to bring all the energy. So you're going to get full force events on this podcast today. And again, we are sorry that we are late by day because, like I said, your boy was not doing so well yesterday. But this gave us time to prepare this show for you. And we got some all-star stuff on it as well. So I am glad that everybody's here. And let's get started. The first piece of news that we need to talk about is KD is a Valley boy. Now, we had an emergency pot on this situation. Since then, Kevin Durant has been introduced to the media in Phoenix and has made his way to the All-Star game in Utah. He will not play, but he did give thoughts. The first thing that I'm going to say about this trade is that these guys do not get traded, okay? Uh, Especially not in the season. In season, Bill Simmons calls Kevin Durant one of his Pantheon guys. Uh, I would agree with that. What my definition is this, because Kevin Durant said something in uh, All-Star Media Availability. He said that... Superstars asking for trades is great for the league. And I would agree with Kevin Durant. KD, easy money sniper, I agree with you. Your boy Vince got your back. But KD, I do not agree with you being a superstar. No, 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 no. That's not what you are. Sir, you are a top tier franchise changer. There are about like six or seven of those in the league. Those are rare. Okay? Those aren't just laying around the street where you can just find them anywhere. These are, they're rare, and they don't come along on the market very often. So Phoenix... Your your boy, FRPC, Vince is showing you love right now. You got one of those guys. And you're the favorites in the West. Let's be honest with ourselves. You got four dudes. You got Aiton, Chris Paul, CP3, and you got D-Book. And then now you got KD. That's, that's about as good as it gets when you talk about a top four. Okay. Yes, Denver, you're going to have something to say about it. The Clippers believe they will have something to say about it. Golden State believes they will have something to say about it. (laughs) Them Memphis boys feel like they about it. They about that life. 
that championship life. We will see, though, because Memphis, we got our eyes on you. We don't want to use the F word with you because we love Ja and we love Desmond Bay. Triple J is doing great work on the defensive end of the ball this year. But you are getting close to the F word. So stay on your grind and get W's. But KD's statement about superstars moving around the league got me to think about, well, he is right, right? We talked about that. But the thing about it is, is that when you are talking about one of these guys, these are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar guys. For my younger fans, this is a LeBron guy. This is a Kobe guy. Okay, these are those type of guys. And KD, unfortunately for him, he can't he can't dabble with the superstar. That's not him. He's Giannis. Okay? Giannis is that type of player. LeBron is that type of player. Steph is that type of player. Okay? Those four guys are that type of player. They go somewhere and they change the whole foundation of the league. There's a couple other guys out there that fit that bill. So, KD, yes, again, I agree with you. Superstars moving around the league like your boy Kyrie, for sure. Great for the league. Top tier Franchise makers or franchise difference makers moving around the league, bad. Bad for the league. Bad for that town that lost you. Now, Brooklyn got a haul. We talked about this. We, you know, deliberated this situation. They did get a haul. But they're not a championship contender right now. We know that. And with one guy stepping foot into Phoenix, all of a sudden, Championship aspirations rise. Their odds in Vegas, you know, drop as far as that's concerned. You know what I'm saying? They're like one of the odds-on favorites to be in the Western Conference Finals with one move. It was literally a transaction. The dude hasn't even played a game. But as soon as that trade was made, It changed the West. Now everybody's scrambling. It doesn't guarantee Phoenix a actual championship. What it does, it puts puts their hat into the ring. A couple other things coming out All-Star Weekend. That performance by uh, Jose Alvarado was awesome last night. And if you can't get excited about that young man and all the hard work and grind that he had to do to get into the league. I mean, I don't know where your heart is, but that dude got plenty of heart for all of us. What is he like? 5'10", maybe? Grand Theft Alvarado just went nuclear when he had the mic on 
and uh, and the announcers were asking him questions during the game. He had like eleven point run himself, and then my man capped off his rising star MVP performance by hitting the final shot, the dagger to win the game. Like he pulled out his Steph Curry, his Dame Lillard, Dame Time impersonation and just stuck a dagger into the other team's heart. Congrats to Jose Alvarado in his MVP of the Rising Stars uh, challenge. On uh on draft notes, Scoot Henderson looked like he was on a business trip. My man was trying to get buckets and he tried to he tried to body. I think it was Jabari Smith that that got the block. But my man went up and then tried to dunk and he went underneath the rim and he was gonna dunk it on the other side. And Jabari was like, nah, that's not happening, player. We can't have that. We can't have that right now. But my man did not have a smile on his face the whole game. Scoop was on a business trip. My man was trying to raise his value on a real level. I actually like this little co- this concept. They started with the uh, Rising Stars. I like the, the 14 concept. I like playing up to a total. I like all that. I like that the kids get a chance to play. Um, we got to see Paulo do his thing. Um, Walker, Walker Kessler do his thing. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to the uh, to the hometown kid in a sense, up in Utah representing the Jazz. So the future looks good when it comes to that. Now the rest of the day we're going to be talking about a couple other things. Oh, we got a couple notes about. What's going on with the buyouts and what have you? All right. So as everybody knows, we are still waiting on Russell Westbrook to fund the team. Unfortunately, that's been complicated by Kevin Love coming onto the market. And it looks like Kevin Love might be going to the Miami Heat. Does that do anything for the Heat against the big boys in the East, the Milwaukee's, the Philadelphia's, the Boston's? The Cleveland's, yes, I threw, hey, the land. Yo, Cleveland, I just threw you in. I believe, Cleveland, I believe that you are a top-tier challenger for the Eastern Conference Finals. Your boy Vince said it. That's right. What is it? February 18th? Yes, sir. I believe. I believe that you are a Eastern Conference Finals challenger. I don't know if you can get it done, but I do believe that you are one. But does Kevin Love make Miami a real challenge in the East? Do they have enough on their roster right now? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say no. I know 305. I know the Miami Heat fans. I know the Heat culture is probably disappointed in the words that they are hearing right now. But 
I think they know deep down in their heart, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, who has one of the biggest hearts. And uh, one of my wife, one of my wife's favorite players, Jimmy Butler has stolen my wife's heart because of the effort that he put out in that finals uh, against the uh, Lakers and how tired and exhausted he was. And she just loved him from that point. And I was like, yeah, that's how he is pretty much all the time. So I just don't know if you have enough. Even with Kevin Love, I think you need one more real scorer. If you could change out Kyle Lowry and would have put in like Van Vliet on that roster, um, another wing would be helpful to balance out the defense, which is all world. Bam is playing excellent again. They're getting everything they can out of their role players. I just don't think you have enough this year. Spolster will coach them up, no doubt. Jimmy will get everything he can out of that roster. It, I just don't see it. But Kevin Love does do one thing. He does change the geometry of that court for them. He gives them more floor spacing. And if his shot does come back around, because remember, the reason why he got benched in Cleveland is because the three-point shooting was down. So he will have to find that to get respectable minutes in Miami, because if he's not shooting the three, his value to the, to the heat is non-existent. We all know this. So, K-Love, find that long-distance stroke. Dial that bad boy in and start launching for the Heat. The playoffs are better when the Heat are good. And I like them. And I know they're going to give everything they have in the playoff series that they're in. Unfortunately, they're not top four right now. And I think they would have to be top four to get out of the first round. And if they're going to not be hosting or have a chance or opportunity to host a game seven in the first round, I just don't see it. The other thing that I want to get to is uh, how the Chicago Bulls absolutely lost their mind. The rumors are going around that uh, it is legitimate that they wanted two first-round picks for Alex Caruso. Now, as a Laker fan and as an Alex Caruso guy, I have a lot of respect for that guy. But he is not worth two first-rounders. Let me be clear on that. Two first-rounders, you are not worth, sir. Now, if you're saying, uh, you know, early second round pick, uh, maybe conditional first, maybe. But two first round picks for Alex Caruso? 
I kind of need to know what's going on in Chicago. What they drinking? What they smoking? Somebody let me know. My Chicago players out there. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Simeon High School. You know? Shouts out to shouts out to 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 the uh to fighting that lion eye. Y'all let me know what your front office is smoking or drinking out there because I just don't I don't understand that. Two first round picks. You could have just answered the phone and said, Alex Caruso is not on the table. That would have been a better way of handling that situation. Instead of you saying, we want two first-round picks for Alex Caruso. Maybe they just don't know how to communicate in Chicago. I can see it now. Right? You call out Gold State. Hey, we were thinking about Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You and us and our owner and the entire Bay Area. We are not trading Steph Curry. Right? That's how that that that's how that phone call goes. But no, that's not what Chicago did. Teams call up for Alex Caruso. Hey. Hey, well, what what will it take to get Alex Caruso? You know, we we think we got the salary to match it. What do you think the draft compensation will be? Without any hesitation, two first round picks. Oh, it got super silent on the other side. Like, whoa. okay, click. Mm-mm-mm. Again, like I said. You could have just said he is not available. That would have ended that conversation. We shouldn't even have these rumors out there. I love you, Alex Russo. You know what I'm saying? As a basketball player. But, sir, you are not worth two first-rounders. Okay, the other thing that I want to get to today is uh, we had a whole thing planned about Sacramento, and my guy got sick, and we got some stuff on Toronto. And we're going to have to push that back. But I have a little game for us to play. And this game is something that a lot of fan bases are really interested in. Do you know what this game is? This game is Choose Your Adventure for Wing by Yama. Yes, we are playing the game that is sweeping the nation as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft in the summertime. And when the seven foot three or seven foot four Victor Wimbayama graces us with his presence in the association. So what I did is I took the top five teams, did a little overview of what's going on with them right now how Wimby fits into the deal. If you didn't get Wimby, what's the like consolation prize, that sort of thing. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. So (laughs) I can't believe we're starting off with this. Everybody drink. Okay. We're starting off with the Houston Rockets. 
Shouts out to Nico. Hit him up on FRPC Nico on Twitter, please, because I can't believe I'm doing this segment without him. So obviously Houston, if they get the if they get Wimby right, I mean it's it's just Nico will be absolutely he will be. I won't even know how to deal with them, folks. I'm just gonna let you know. If Wimbayama goes to Houston, I just don't know how I'm going to deal. But I got a couple of scenarios, and I want to run it past you guys. And hit me up on Twitter at uh, FrontRunnerPC and, and tell me uh, if you like some of the ideas, if you don't like some of the ideas, if some of the ideas are absolutely stupid, and I want to hear it. Right now, Let's look at the Houston Rockets. I want to start off by saying that uh, we need to go ahead and stop messing around in Houston and allow Alperan Shingun to be the offensive hub. The KPJ experiment is over. Let's not do this anymore. This is a terrible, terrible basketball. And I understand that we're trying to have trauma for Wing Bayama. But at this point, can we get Alperin Shangun to be the offensive hub at the nail? There's a reason for this. Twofold. One, after the All-Star break, I would like to see Jabari Smith Jr., get force-fed 15 shots a game, minimal, every game, here on out, to see if he can shoot. Because that shooting performance in Auburn was a one-year deal. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, he only won one year to college. Vince, what are you talking about? Go look at the high school stats. He never shot anywhere near this in high school. So I'm wondering if this was an aberration or is my man just not getting the ball in the right spots and having an offense that is run through Shingun could get him to his spots where he likes the ball and maybe we get him into a rhythm and we can see what the kid has before this draft coming up. There's a two-fold reason for this. One, what do you think Victor Wimbayama is going to do a lot of? The same thing Shingun does. Yes, he does have handle. Yes, he can distribute on the perimeter. He does have that in his back. But you're also going to want to kind of have him at the nail. You know? just kind of right there by the paint and be able to just observe the landscape of the offense and the defense and maneuver it the way he kind of needs to, to get guys open because obviously he is going to get a lot of attention and they're going to be dudes open a la Jalen green. So let's 
the scrap the KBJ experiment at point guard. It's not working. He's a two guard. He might be like a secondary secondary initiator of the offense, but he is not a he is not a primary initiator. We need to let this go. And we need to run the offense through Shangoon for experience sake as well. Not just also we're opening up Shangoon's game because I would like to see that. It would be a better offense to look at than what they run right now. And I believe that you would see the the better shot attempts for Jalen Green, and you would see his three-point field goal in his rim uh, field goal percentage go up if this was the offense they were running. The other thing that I would like to see is I would like to see them unleash Tari Eason as well in the second half. Just let him create havoc all over the court. I'd like to see him get like 24, 24 minutes a game. But if Wimbayama went to the Rockets, you definitely are going to see him playing at the nail, and he's going to be able to oversee the offense and defense and manipulate the defense to get shots for guys. Now, let's say for some reason Houston doesn't get Wimbayama. All right? This is a lottery. The other reason that you allow Jabari to get force-fed the shots to see if he could actually do this Keep in mind, in this particular draft, yes, there is Scoot Henderson for sure, and that would be the consolation prize. Please make no mistakes about this. But if for some reason the Rockets were outside the Scoot win by Yama sweepstakes and they ended up like third, kind of like last year, it could happen. Not wishing for it on you, Houston, but I have some questions if it does. You know Houston could go right back to the well and draft Brandon Miller out of Alabama. If for some reason Jabari Smith Jr. is not the guy, Brandon Miller can shoot. We have seen it, and he got a little more. He got a little more wiggle. He got shot creation on his own, independent shot creation. That is not something that Jabari has. So if for some reason you don't end up with Wimbayama, you don't end up with Scoop, being able to see if Jabari Smith Jr. can develop and have a consistent outside shot so you know what you're dealing with for years to come, This is a very important 23-24 games for the Houston Rockets. Just to see. So let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio, look at you. I can't believe my eyes. I never thought I'd see the day. I am a proud podcaster today because Pop, Coach Pop, has embraced the tank. 
this is ridiculous that he's embraced the tank. We just thought he never would. <laughs> now, obviously, they're doing such a good do- job with tanking that, yes, they are also in the picture for Wing by Yama. How does that look for San Antonio? Well, here's the thing. Honestly, you got um, Devin Vassell. You got uh, Jeremy Sohan, who looked pretty good in the Rise of Stars. That dunk that he had, that was pretty good. But I'm going to tell you right now, trading Porter away, that was great. That was great for the tank. But you need to start, if you have one by Yama, right, you're going to have Sohan, you're going to have Vassell. You're going to have Jones, Keldon Johnson. Those are the pieces that right now are around win by Yama if for some reason you win the sweepstakes, San Antonio. So now, I mean, it's not super exciting, but you got Wimby. And now you can start building around him, right? So you get to see if the pieces that you have right now currently work with him. Uh, Sohan and him would be uh, – Sohan and Wimbayama would be a really nice kind of interesting piece to look at, as well as Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson. So there's some pieces around Wimbayama there that can do some things. Obviously – they would still need a couple more drafts to kind of build it all up. But they have kind of some sort of infrastructure there. And here's the other thing. Obviously, you're going to hear the the things of he was uh, – he's from France. Tony Parker was from France. This is a good spot for him. They know how to deal with the – the Euro guys and all of this, and Coach Pop gets the best out of his players and all of this and all of that. Here's the thing. Wimbayama is uh, – God, I know I should not say this. If he stays healthy, he's a top-tier franchise maker or France franchise difference maker, I believe. I believe he's that, that guy – that Bill Simmons is talking about, that Pantheon guy. I believe that. And I think you do everything you can to build it around him once you have him. So if the pieces that you have don't currently fit, blow it out. And if you're San Antonio, if the pieces around him, and actually I want to get in this with Houston as well. Now, Houston, you're going to be really mad at me when I ask you this question. So keep in mind, it is a question. Given the state of affairs with your team this year, given the state of your unhappiness with your coach and how the roster was put together, how the roster is run, how the offenses run, would you be better off blowing out pretty much everyone except for in San Antonio's um, situation, Sohan? 
and Jones. And in Houston's situation, would you be better off if you got Wing Yama to blow everything out except for Shingun and Tari Eason? I know this is a wild statement. I get it. But hear me out. We all agree that Wing Yama is a is a generational talent. We all agree that it's a it's a complete game changer for the NBA in total, right? If you are planning to build around this young man and you there's no franchise who gets him is not thinking, I got 15 years of this guy. Maybe a small market doesn't think that way. Okay. Maybe a small market is like, man, I got to do everything I can in this, uh, you know, six, seven year window before he asks out and wants to go somewhere else. So I got to maximize my championship window right now. Right. I wonder about that because what we've seen with the foreign player is they seemed comfortable in their skin and comfortable wherever they are. Jokic has no desire, no desire whatsoever to leave Denver, like zero. This dude wants to win MVPs and then go home and, and like, breed his horses and, and take care of his horses. He wants to play beautiful basketball, make ridiculous passes, shoot threes, be a seven-foot point guard in a center's body and be left alone. So for the small franchises out there, if this is the guy that's going to be number one, which obviously it is, and you are in that possibility of drafting him, you can't start thinking about having this guy for 15 years. So I go back to that statement. If you feel like you have this guy for 15 years, you should do everything in your power to get any sort of negative, any sort of development obstacle out of the way to streamline his development and then build the team literally around him. Now, I know for Houston fans and for San Antonio fans, listen, I understand you love Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Jalen Green, all these other guys, KPJ, all these other guys. Maybe not so much for KPJ anymore. Right, Houston? I know some still ride for KPJ. And I'm not saying I'm not a fan of KPJ at all. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Porter, you know, he's he's good player but the point guard experiment no that's not the way to go anymore and he gonna have to learn how to play off ball if he was to stay in Houston but now I will ask Houston fans and I want you to be straight with me if you get win by Yama if I told you right now you're getting them are you sure you want Kevin Porter Jr. around him 
Are you sure? Are you positive about that? I'm asking the question. You can hit me up on Twitter at FrontRunnerPC, or you can hit Nico up at FRPC Nico, who is an absolute Houston Rockets fan, loves him to death. But I do ask that question. If you got winged by Yana, Houston and San Antonio, would you be willing to blow out some of your young players and really look at the kid and say, I want to build it around him. What does he need to be successful? Can we get these pieces? Obviously, for San Antonio and Houston, it's going to be you know a turnaround. It's a turnaround. You got talent, but it's still going to take some time, both of you. I would not have championship aspirations as soon as when Bayama steps on the front and steps in the court for either one of Houston and or San Antonio. The third team. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about the consolation prize, because we talked about the consolation prize for Houston. Obviously it would be Scoot and or uh, Brandon Miller if they move down to three, but in San Antonio space, if you're looking at them, they're being the right now, they have the the second best odds to get win by Yama. So let's say the lottery holds talk, right? Houston is first, San Antonio second. Their consolation prize, nothing none other than Scoot Henderson. Scoot is going to be literally the best athlete that San Antonio has ever seen. His explosiveness and his uh, his playmaking ability is is really good. His explosiveness is is next level. This is we're talking Derrick Rose type explosiveness. Both those players, either Wingbayama or Scoot Henderson, would be excellent choices for San Antonio, and it'll give them some juice, man. They need it. It's been a sleepy town for a while. Like to see San Antonio, you know, have some games where, you know, people are, you know, they're jazzed in that building. The other thing with San, with, with San Antonio is that if Scoot came, everybody would fall kind of into their role. Lucell would have a role. Keldon Johnson would have a role. Sohan would have a role. You'd just be right there. And the same thing for Wing Bayama. You know, you would really be setting up your roles. Now for the third team. We're going to get to Charlotte. Wing Bayama in Charlotte would be absolutely must-see TV. It would be so entertaining. Just think, LaMelo Ball and Wing Bayama on the court together. that city would be so energized. It'd be so lit up in there. Crazy. Michael Jordan, who just turned 60, shout out to his airness himself. But if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself like, oh my God, could you imagine Wimbayama and LaMelo Ball? (laughs) 
Now, as the third best odds, right? You want to look at Charlotte and go, okay, what would what would they have around Lamelo uh, and Wimbayama? Well, due to the issue that plagues them, that is Miles Bridges, and the incident that has gone on that the charges have um, been dropped and and what have you, but it doesn't necessarily um, mean that nothing happened. It just means that you know the young man won't be incarcerated, uh, which is. I hope there's a lesson learned for him. Um, this is a sensitive topic as a as a person who grew up with a um, with a parent who was abusive. I was a I was a child of the domestic violence. Uh, I saw my mom get hit a lot. Um, I don't have a ton of tolerance for this, but as a man of faith, I have I have forgiveness in my heart. And and as a young as a young man that that Miles Bridges is, you just want to see growth. You want to see um repentance. You want to see um I want to be able to see this young man live out his dreams, but I want him to to uh still learn something from this situation. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But getting back to what this team looks like with Wimbayama, Lamelo, Wimbayama, Mark Williams, right? You know, that's there's your lob threat. You got two. And now you have a seven foot three and a seven foot one guy. I mean, defense, defense off the chain right here. Lot, we, we, we are going to need a vet behind these guys, though. If for some reason you don't get win by Yama to this team, which Charlotte, I know you guys are starving for a winner. My guy, shout out to my guy, Coach T in the mud. Mud Talk Podcast, that's my guy. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm going to have to reach out to that guy. But shouts out to you, Coach T. You'll be hearing from me soon. Charlotte needs a boost. Either way, Scoot Henderson would be electric with LaMelo Ball. You're talking about an uber athlete and just just an imaginative passer in LaMelo. I mean, that will be box office as well. You couldn't go wrong with either two. Now, Charlotte, your dreams don't come true. You don't get one of the two picks. Now, what do you do, right? Don't worry. Just say amen. That's all you need to do. Just say amen. Because due to the issue with Miles, and you don't know if ownership um, how the Charlotte area will will embrace that young man. You know, you don't know what you're looking at in the timetable of rehabbing his uh, his image and, and all of this. Then you can turn to Amen Thompson. Amen Thompson is an electric athlete. If you think Scoot is an electric athlete, think six seven. And scoop. 
Okay. He is a he's a he's a really good athlete. He's also a tremendous um offensive initiator as well. So you're gonna have two just really high level and imaginative playmakers on the team with Mark Williams, who you know, this guy is gonna get so many lobs, it's gonna be crazy. He's going to be super effective because the lobs are just going to come. Amen Thompson needs to work on his outside shot, no doubt. Him, Amen, and his brother Asur, or Ansur, uh, are in that uh, overtime elite program, and uh, they are playing well, both of them. But if you're looking and you're outside the scoot, and you're outside the win by Yama sweepstakes, A-Man Thompson wouldn't be a bad way to go if you went Brandon Miller and you said you just needed a 6'10 sniper. I can understand that. But A-Man Thompson would give you some dynamicism that you haven't seen. This dude is a crazy athlete. So... You know, it's not bad if for some reason you end outside the win by Yama sweet states, but Charlotte, the LaMelo ball win by Yama situation, the dunks, the alley-oops to each other, the the floater three that win by Yama has, I wonder if he will teach that to LaMelo. Fourth team on this list is the Detroit Pistons. If Wimbayama went to the Pistons, the Wiseman experiment would be over immediately. Then the Sadiq Bay trade looks really puzzling as it is right now. All right, Detroit, we're going to get into brass tacks. I didn't understand the trade. I didn't understand the Sadiq Bay trade at all. Um, I don't. I didn't mind you getting rid of him. I didn't understand it, but I didn't mind you getting rid of him if you felt like you needed to move on. I just didn't understand the Wiseman piece of this because of Jalen Durant, Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley Jr., all these dudes are on your team, and then you got Wiseman. Obviously, if you get Victor Wingbayama, you can say goodbye to James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley Jr. You're going to throw up the deuces so quick, Detroit, to those guys. You All this stuff that I hear about the development and this and that, whatever, you will throw up deuces so quick. We're like, oh, we got Wingbayama? All right. Hey. Been nice, Marvin. Peace. It's been, it's been real nice. Wiseman to have you here for about three months. Deuces. But if went by Yama went to the Pistons, uh, obviously James Wiseman would be looking for a job as as well as Marvin Bagley Jr. To me, this is the, the problem that I'm seeing is here is, is that Wiseman would now be on his third team. And whether we agree that 
he is not a player or he's not going to develop into the talent that we thought he was going to develop into. The thing about it is, is that he never really got a shot. You know, it's been much documented about the lack of playing time at Memphis and then the injury at Golden State and blah, blah, blah. We all we all know it. I just want to see the kid get a real shot. But then I also look at Detroit and go, I get he's a talent, but you just stunted the growth of Jalen Duran, who is 18, just like I think he's just about turned 19. And he's bouncy, and yes, he, he's a different guy because he's not 7'1", but he is 6'10". He does have a really good wingspan and what have you for him as well, uber athlete, and also seems to fit in with the with the team that you already have. Wiseman is a project. The one thing that uh, um, people have said um, is that he looks like he's thinking Instead of reacting and just playing and playing organically, that's because he just hasn't had the reps. And now you're creating rep issues for him, Wiseman, and Doran. So I just didn't get the trade whatsoever. But if you get win by Yama, unfortunately, Wiseman will be trying to do this on another team. And this is the last year of his rookie deal. So it's going to behoove him to see if he can work with the front office of the Detroit Pistons to get himself somewhere where he can have a viable chance at playing time, at developing his skills, and being able to make all the mistakes that he was not able to make in Golden State. Now, let's talk about Wimba Yama in Detroit, though, okay? Now, happy days has come. Win by Yama is in Detroit. Cade, Jaden Ivey, Stu, Win by Yama, Jalen Doran. I mean, for real. Come on. For real? Oh, and fellow Frenchman and teammate, Killian Hayes. Keeps a job. My boy KOC of the Ringer will be happy if when Bayama went to Detroit, his boy Killian would be safe. But that would be ridiculous, right? If you thought about that, look at what that front line could be. You could have a front line of Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart. And Victor Wing by Yama. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you have a six foot eight point guard and then an uber athletic two guard in Jalen Ivey. That's crazy, man. I'm sure um, the Detroit Pistons fan base would love that. That'd be scary for the league, though. He fits great. With that team, I mean, just think about just the passing, just think about the height, think about Victor as a playmaker. As he starts to read the defense, you got Jalen Doran who can roll to the rack, 
You got um, Jalen Ivey, who can get to the rack. You got Kate being cerebral, finding the areas in the defense where he's finding the holes, where he can find his game, get his shot off. Pick and roll is going to be ridiculous. Pick your choice. Just pick your choice. And just think about the link they will have. I mean, it will be unprecedented. I mean, I'm sure they won't start all three. I'm, I'm sure that will not happen. But even if you have two of those guys, if it's win by Yama and Stu, or win by Yama and Durant, Stu, Stu coming off the bench, you wanted to have more of a, a traditional wing to kind of help you with the switches and what have you. I can understand that. But the other thing that you're seeing is you see Wimbayama out on the perimeter guarding. He did it against Scoop in that showcase. Now, I'm not saying that you stick him on an island with Scoot the whole game, how that's going to turn out. Probably not great, but you needed him to do it on like a switch, pick, and roll for a possession, I don't see the problem. Because, again, as we talked about in, in weeks past, and uh, if you are catching us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are glad you're here. Uh, this podcast is – we just love sports, man, and we like to talk about it normal, and we hope that you love it. But uh, if you're here for the first time, we do have some archive pods. And we do talk about Wing by Yama a lot. And one of the things I had referenced in one of the earlier pods is that his, his IQ for defense isn't like quite there yet. It's not that he's overthinking it or thinking it or whatever. He just doesn't know where to be. But his length, his quickness, his agility, he finds ways to get back into plays that he shouldn't have no business getting into. And that wingspan saves him a lot. So just on accident, sometimes he's going to make the right play and make impacts on the defensive side of the ball. Now, as he starts to learn and mature and understand what the, what offenses are trying to do to him, and Detroit sets up a defense that works for him as far as that's concerned, because make make no mistake about it, they're going to build that team around him. Anytime you get win by Yama, you're going to build the team around him. Sorry, Kate. Team just became win by Yamas. If for some reason the Detroit Pistons do not get a win by Yama and they don't end up in the one or two spot and end up uh, not getting a scoop. <laughs> They're just as scary. They're, to me, the Detroit Pistons and the other team that we're going to talk about after this are the two teams that are the most equipped to not end up with win by Yama and or scoop. Because you got K. Yes, injured, but you know he's coming back. You got Ivy, you got Stu, and you got Jalen Durant. So you got and you got Wiseman right now, and you can see what that looks like. But could you imagine if they added a weapon like Amen Thompson 
or Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller out of Alabama, their geometry would have changed immediately. He's a 6'10, 6'11 sharpshooter, another big. Their off their their front court would be so nasty. You got Stewart like 6'10, 6'9, bigger guy, but still able to move around, wants to play defense, wants to board, wants to do all the dirty work. You got Brandon Miller standing out there just catching threes, just catching them out. You got Ivy attacking the basket. You got K orchestrating the whole deal. And then you got Wiseman. Or if you decided to go with Amen Thompson, let's say he slid down to you at the four spot. Uber sick athlete with Ivy. Then Wiseman. Then Doran. Oh, man. We're going to be watching Sports Center just for those highlights. YouTube, the YouTube uh, Detroit highlight channel will probably break the internet for sure. Guaranteed. If that, if Eamon Thompson was able to go to Detroit with K, Ivy, Stu, Doran, your boy, pick and roll with the Killing Hayes, crazy, crazy talk. I mean, they would just have a lot of prospects. They would really be in a real good position. I love all those combinations. Really, to me, like I said, Detroit and the next team that we're about to talk to are talk about, sorry about that, tired, eyes hurt, are the Orlando Magic. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Saruti. On the Ryan Rosillo podcast, uh, who else do we need to shout out? Ah, got to shout out our guy, Kevin Clark. Slow News Day, also Orlando Magic fan. But Saruti's hype for the Orlando Magic, and I understand why. Let's, let's just be frank. Your league pass, it finds its way to the Orlando Magic games, right? I know it does for mine. Because every time I look at Paolo Boncaro, I just see Chris Webber. I see an outside shooting Chris Webber. Maybe not as defensively um, strong as Chris was, but that's the that's the thing. 6'10", 250 is crazy, dude. Handling the ball. He did it in the Rising Stars game. I mean, the handle was nice. Jay Crossover, yo, he was telling him, like, you Seattle, like, you need to represent. And Paolo did. Paolo was getting buckets. He was just getting buckets. Okay. We're now in complete fantasy land. This is the, the, Orlando is now fifth in the odds of getting a win by Yama. Let me tell you something. If for some reason the Orlando Magic, with all of what they have, get win by Yama, I don't even know what to do. It's already stupid that they have Franz at 6'10", Paolo at 6'10", Wendell Carter at 6'10", and then what, win by Yama? 
What you gonna do? You gonna have a six ten two guard in Franz? You imagine what that team will look like. You know how crazy that would look. Yo, my starting lineup is six eleven or six ten. Wendell Carter Jr. six ten. Paolo Bancaro. seven foot four small forward. Victor Wimbayama. And 6'10 shooting guard Franz Wagner? Are you kidding me? That would be the dumbest thing on the face of the planet. I would be here for it, though. I would want to see it. Please bring me the circus. Please do it. I don't know what you would do in, in, as a defense. I just, I would have no clue what you would do. I just, I, I don't know. You have to press them, I guess. (laughs) Okay, let's get down to the others. They they will probably be more uh, inclined to get, but Wimbayama would be super scary, Orlando. By the way, Scoot would be the one. If you were sitting there and Orlando figured out a way to get into the top two and Scoot was sitting there or whatever, Scoot would be the pick because Scoot with those skyscrapers that they already have, it would still be scary, scary time in Orlando. It'd be spooky season in Orlando. Hollow Boncaro throwing lobs to Scoot Henderson, who's all of six foot three, just getting up like head above the rim, like a like his head, forehead, like at the top of the square. You know, imagine what that's going to look like. Orlando, I hope I'm I'm getting you hype. I hope for all the franchise, I'm getting you hype with these possibilities and these thought bubble um, experiments that we're doing today. Because that's what this is. It's like fans talking to other fans about dudes that we are impressed with that we can't wait to see in the NBA next year and what it looks like with this team. So this is what we're doing. Some of the other options, if for some reason the Nirvana does not happen, right, when by Yama or Scoop. Hey, how about another six-foot-10 wing who can shoot the ball? Brandon Miller. That would be also super scary. Hey, you wanna you want a kind of a traditional switchable Uber athletic wing? Amen Thompson. We got you covered there. Any possibility for them, anything, anything left out of the top five is gonna be awesome. The other guy that we didn't talk about, and I want to bring up his name now, is Jairus Walker. If you haven't seen any of his tape, go to YouTube right now. Actually, don't go to YouTube right now. Listen to me. Listen to listen to RFPC Hoops. And then, then do your homework and go to YouTube. Jairus Walker is a freak athlete, 6'8", 6'9", 240. By the way, he played down there in the IMG Academy and my man's 
has handled. Who's actually playing point guard? Talked to some people the other day. They were like, no, he has it in his game. Definitely has it. Can be a complete secondary initiator for your offense. If you need to, primary initiator in a pinch. By the way, he's shooting 40.7% from three. 6'8", 240. Think about that. Think about what that looks like in Orlando. Like, that's the two guard. That's the two guard in Orlando. Wendell Carter Jr., Franz Wagner, Paulo Blanquero, Jairus Walker, and whomever you want to put at point guard. Cole Anthony, Markero Foltz, my guy Suggs. You know I love my guy Suggs. Anytime you get a football player on your team, you keep that guy. Orlando, I know you might be thinking about trading him, but do not trade him. He will find a way to compete and win. He will find it. Still got all my stock and sucks. But yeah, Orlando and Detroit are definitely fitted the best for if for some reason they don't end up with the top two guys. But this has been a pretty good thought experiment, thought uh, process, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I threw this together last night as my eye was burning up with pink eye. <laughs> I cannot believe that I got pink eye. just can't believe it. Anyway, with that being said, I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this podcast. We will be back Monday for the football podcast. And then Friday, we will be doing the basketball podcast once again. And games will have started again because the all-star break will be over. And uh, I just want to shout out everybody. Um, I want to shout out um, my wife who allows me to do this, gives me time to do this. Um, We have a difficult situation going on in the house. As you guys know, we have alluded to a live podcast um, we are working on that and forth and hopefully it'll be coming soon. Um, you know, my wife allows me to, to do this, to bring this passion and this joy to you guys. So I just want to salute her on this day. Um, and I want to salute the, the people who listen. Um, it's wild to me. I get a map, right? And uh, it shows me, you know, who download, you know, it doesn't show me who, but it shows me like the general area that downloads the podcast and listens to the podcast and whatever. And uh, to see the little circles just kind of light up. For a guy living in Long Beach right now who was uh, homeless like six years ago, I'm not scared to say it. I was homeless six years ago. I was a complete and utter alcoholic train wreck. And uh, God saved my life. And I give all glory to him that I am able to do this podcast, am able to bring joy, hopefully, hopefully information, hopefully laughs, 
hopefully some some things that you can talk over with your partners or your girls because you know we are an inclusive podcast but yeah um shouts out to to germany shouts out to brussels shouts out to man france shouts out to india shouts out to cameroon Shouts out to Australia. Shouts out to Canada, obviously. I never thought in a million years that my my voice would carry that far. And uh, I just, I'm grateful to those who listen. I'm grateful to you guys, man. This, it makes it so much easier you guys juice me every day so i can do these things um and track down people and bug them for information so we can have information on this podcast to talk about so man thank you thank you thank you keep telling your friends keep telling your girls keep telling your partners about this podcast keep telling your associates tell your your work neighbor about the podcast so we can grow these numbers and create this community. Because the other thing that we're trying to do too is, is that we're trying to hit a lot of teams. Like we didn't hit, you know, I talk about the Lakers today. This wasn't a Lakers podcast. Shouts out to my team. But, um, you know, I wanted to give love to the Orlando Magic fans out there who were having probably a really good year this year in the sense of being able to look at their team and have a lot of excitement. You know, the growth development of Houston, H-Town, where you at? Where you at, Houston? Detroit, you know, kind of, you know, disappointed. They're not seeing Cade and Ivy together, growing together. Charlotte is seeing the, the, the birth of the LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams uh, duo, you know? San Antonio, just, you know, they have a a character in, in Jeremy Sohan. You know, so these are the franchises that don't get all this, all this love and acclaim because we talk about the Memphis team, which we should, right? They're winning Gold State, defending champions, right? We get it. We understand why we have to talk about these other teams, but it's good to to shout out the teams that don't get a lot of love. Charlotte, you know, they don't get a lot of love. Coach T, I see you down there. I see you down there, my man. Pray for you. Pray for your success and your endeavors. You part of you know you part of my my Monday fast, my dog. And we're gonna end the podcast with something um different. <clears throat> um we talk about being like a, a a podcast that's going to have a ton of variety in, in all this. And we want to recruit people who, you know, have that same vision, have that same passion in, in the things that they are into. Right. But uh, I must say, yes, I am here for NBA all-star Saturday night, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is now one twenty-three Pacific time. Your boy is geeking out for 
WWE Elimination Chamber. Shouts out to my boy, Sammy Zayn. Okay? Hey, man. I don't know what goes down in Montreal tonight. But that pop for Sammy tonight, it's going to be epic. It's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait to see it. We always ride with the tribal chief. But I am really happy, really overjoyed for Sammy to get this shine. So I hope everybody enjoys the all-star NBA Saturday night. I hope everybody enjoys uh, Elimination Chamber. I hope everybody enjoys the all-star game on Sunday. I will have my eyes peeled on that. And then Monday on this podcast, we will probably break down some of the draft guys, maybe a couple teams, um, go over like a year observation, see what they're doing in the front office, what their plans are for the draft and whatnot. So that is the pod for today. Again, for all the listeners out there, man, thank you so much for, for listening and uh, get your people involved. Let's build this community. Remember, to hit me on Twitter, Frontrunner PC. And if you are shy because you don't want to talk to the crazy guy and you want to talk to the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe, Nico Miatello, you hit him up at FRPC Nico. And that is it for the podcast. Again, sorry for being late, but uh, pink eye and migraine do not make for a good podcast. And I am hoping doing this solo and giving you this energy, I hope you guys can feel it. I love you guys. You guys have a great one. And we are signing off. And we'll see you Monday.